We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike, and the Lakers got a pair of big wins this weekend, one in which they ended with a four-way tie in the loss column with the Clippers, Warriors, and Pelicans. It was a great standings weekend for the Lakers. They are 40 and 38, and so much to talk about. Anthony Davis's dominance. Rui Hachimura had a great weekend. Mike, you were on the scene for all of it, man. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, Pete, it it really feels like in the locker room, just you know, kind of around the team, and you know, you get the sense of that on a trip like this when wins are coming. The belief just goes up a little bit every time. And you can just you can see and the first face that I look to is LeBron because he's the one who's been through every possible scenario, um, building towards a postseason. And he's all—he's obviously just—he's so smart about the way everything works that there's there's a, just a certain buy-in. I think that he, looking around at his teammates, started to feel when he was watching them play um, while he was injured out of the break once they got the new the new group in, and since he's come back and now LeBron. It's like the the work that he has to do is less and he's so good at just deciding what needs to happen in a given game. And so against Houston, it was some more of the passing and the ball movement. And, you know, so he was focused a little more on the assists. It, he doesn't have to score as much right now uh, based on Anthony Davis literally averaging 38.5 points on 65% shooting on this trip and getting whatever he wants against whatever kind of defense. You know, Rudy Gobert and Cat, that's one thing. Shangoon, okay, another thing. Vucevic or whatever the Bulls wanted to say. Didn't, just hasn't mattered. Hasn't mattered. He's been going quick sometimes. He's been, it, it's, it's all it's all been working for him. Then we'll talk about the D'Lo thing in a little bit. I, I, it sounds like it's not serious and it's something that he could have pushed through if the Lakers needed him to. But D'Lo and Austin on the perimeter. And now all of a sudden, Rui Hachimura has become has like kind of figured out that defense and rebounding that's, that's really going to help him stay on the floor more. And then LeBron coming back helps him in terms of transition. 
um, mm-hmm. and just all just getting him easy looks and spots. And, and so he doesn't really like the lift is lessened for him in a way where he can just go out and play. Uh, and that fits really well. So now all of a sudden the Lakers are bigger. Like it's just, it's all really coming and it's all going in one direction. And then meanwhile, look at the standings. The Clippers have lost two in a row. The Warriors just lost one. Uh, the Timberwolves are in free fall. They lost one of the, probably the worst loss that any team has had all season. Well, um, the, the Wolves had today at a home against Portland. At least they feel like they don't have to hide anyone on defense. So they, they got go, that going for them. Man. So <laughs> OKC has lost two in a row. Dallas has lost three in a row. So the only team that has been winning uh, at the rate the Lakers have has been New Orleans. And so they're kind of just pluckily sitting there along at 40, uh, 40 38. Mm-hmm. BI has been great. They've had they've had a mostly easy schedule, um, although they, you know, the last couple wins a little bit more quality, including over the Clippers. But so Darius, there's like these two things going on. And I asked AD this in the walk off. And on the one hand, just control what you can control and play well. And they've done that. But then on the other hand, they're kind of, they're looking around too with the standings and they're thinking, all right, wait, hold on now. What the, the six seed very much in play. There's two teams that you could potentially pass to get there. Even the five seed, which we can talk about. I, I think that the Clippers and the Warriors would rather be in the six than the five um, as, as most teams probably would, but it's, these are, it's a very different conversation um, than, than what, you know, we would have we would have had even a week ago when this was possible, but they had to they really had to get it done. And now they've gotten to the point where all of these things are in play. So it's just a it's a very good, energetic, confident vibe around the team right now in the locker room. And I think for good reason. It all goes back to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. This idea of how you get the next great Lakers team is the team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis on it together, healthy, ready to go. And what we've seen since LeBron came back, which is still sort of kind of crazy that LeBron Mm -hmm. came back and he, there, there was definitely some rust to knock off or whatever, Pete, but he's come back and he, the thing that he's been doing and Mike sort of alluded to this with Rui is that he has slotted everyone back into the spot where they can play their game to the best of their ability. And it turns out when they get to play their game and don't have to play anyone else's game, that they can be the best version of themselves quite well, right? And LeBron so far hasn't had to be the best version of himself. He just needs to be LeBron James, the guy that the defense and the other opposing coaching staff looks at and is just like, well, we got to account for this dude. And so when you got to account for that dude, then suddenly... Austin Reeves is getting more more open shots. Suddenly, the Lakers are hunting transition opportunities in ways that they weren't before LeBron was was back. And they're getting easier baskets. And AD is as engaged as he's been all season. His touches have gone. They've skyrocketed. That fourth quarter against Minnesota, man. My goodness. I was thinking of you the whole time, man, because it was just like possession after possession after possession just get the ball to ad this was the get the ball to ad weekend and he is showing why he remains one of the top five to ten players in the league every given night every night every night he can be that good a player and the space between him and whoever else you want to name as being above him in these sorts of conversations that space is so small yep 
right? That, if it's there um, at all. That, it doesn't even matter. You've got one of those dudes when he's playing to this level. And, and so you're right to kick off the pod the way that you did is like a great weekend for the Lakers. But AD has been using this phrase almost every post game, which is like, we want to be greedy. And so where's your head at around the greed aspect so of this too, Pete? Would have been very easy to coast in a game against the Houston Rockets if you're AD. And a lot of Lakers did. And in fact, I would argue that games like this, I think the Utah game is going to be different. I think there's a little bit of danger in that one. But games like this, I love that Dennis Dennis played like 17 minutes and, you know, didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And that certain guys that LeBron was just basically standing in one spot and letting Rui run around and just, you know, dropping dimes, but not, you know, he had a couple of dunks in or had a couple of plays in transition, but it was a very low impact game for LeBron. And these other guys were able to step up and help us get a win. But Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis was out there to kick their ass from the first minute of that game. He had like 11 points in the first five and a half minutes. And in a game, Mike, that those are easy to, you know, just kind of coast. And, you know, you're going to be able to play that last six minutes. I would imagine that's what Minnesota was thinking against Portland's, you know, JV team earlier today was, you know, we can coast, keep it close. And in the last six minutes, we're going to win this game. Anthony Davis came out with something to prove from the beginning. And that's a certain level of, it doesn't matter who's across from me that, if I'm doing what I can do, like, because he kicked, he didn't just kick Shangun's ass. It was Gobert and Towns. I was talking, oh, and he's going to have to shoot more jumpers. And he did shoot more because he got more touches in general. But it was like he had eight offensive rebounds against both those dudes. He was killing them on the interior. And it's just like when he plays like this, to Darius's point, there's a certain level of like, oh, it doesn't. He's so dominant that that he's the one dictating the terms. AD has kicked a lot of people's asses uh, this year. And, you know, I, I don't know if we, this will end up being a separate pod. Like I've, we've hinted at it on the text, but my, my recent thing has been, you know, measuring him up against Sabonis to some extent and like baking in what I think is going to happen in the final week and like what direction the Lakers are going in and the difference in the loss in the loss column between the Kings who have been fully healthy and the Lakers and, you know, who people think would win a matchup like that. AD is just a, a better player uh, than Sabonis. And even, even like the one factor. Mike, this ahead. is for all NBA, just to give uh, listeners yes, clarity on, on why Sabonis is the other uh, end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, cause you know, at this point, right. So AD has started at center all season, right? Like you there, you can try to shoehorn him into one of the forward spots to an extent, but he's been playing center. Jokic and Embiid, I think probably Embiid gets first team and Jokic gets second team. And by the way, Giannis is my MVP. Um, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. He kicked Embiid's ass again tonight. Um, and I think it's the best player on the best team. But so AD, AD is going to have going to end up with a better net rating um, than Sabonis. And I just think you have to just factor in what we know about playoff basketball when you're thinking about awards like this and, and sort of which type of player helps you win more. Uh, and and I think that that answer is very clear in AD's favor. But I don't I don't want to belie that point right now. That's a, that's another discussion. Something maybe we can have next week. But it's just he's he's doing everything that is asked of him, and he has all year on the defensive end. And now that he's actually been able to get a rhythm because he's been able to stay in the court. We we talked about it early in the season, right? It's like yep. a, it's about a month. He needs a month yep. on the court. It's not like some other players. Like if if he's on the court for a month. Um, then he and he's he's trusting his body um, and the shooting and all that all that comes like it's uh, it's just lights out there are just there is not an answer um, for him 
And that is the biggest reason why the Lakers are where they're at, uh, I think. And it's just important to recognize that. LeBron has come in and, and sort of ignited a lot of other guys uh, and without having to, without having his rhythm, really, on offense. And I think that will continue to come a little better. And it's probably going to have to um, for them to win like a tough playoff series. But uh, I, I just think that the AD is his is it used to be LeBron, you know, LeBron one and then AD one a and that's that's shifted this year uh, as well. It should for LeBron in year 20 um, and AD still in his prime, having just turned 30. So I, I just I think that's a big point of emphasis. It will be for the, the rest of these Laker games. He's he's the one on the at the top of the scouting report where the Jazz are looking at this matchup right now. And by the way, uh, Kessler tonight, I think, left and they were checking him for a concussion. So that's something mm. to monitor. Um, they actually played marketing, which they haven't been doing often. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't um, play him either. But just the Kessler thing is something to look at. But then, OK, so let's say that Kessler doesn't play or even if he does. What is Utah supposed to? What are they trying to do with AD right now with his rhythm that he's in? How are they? How are they trying to guard him? A big increase in the shot attempts that I've seen D with with Anthony Davis has been his face up game. Like we're clearing out a side of the floor for him and making sure things are spaced around it. If anyone gets any crazy ideas about double teaming and making everybody ready to pay, but he's beaten these bigger slow footed bigs off of the dribble in ways that like the jump shot's nice, but it really doesn't matter that much because it's he's going to cook them in ways that it's either going to be a basket or free throws or both. I've been riding this train. Yes, sir. All season. I was hitting y'all even before the season started. Like, this is the AD redemption year. Like, he's too good. His name has been sullied for all of these reasons in terms of missing time. And people were ready to bury him again. He had a nasty foot injury that that kept him out almost six weeks. And it's just like, you you know, street clothes and all the pejoratives around Anthony Davis. And I get that health is a concern with him. He's on the ground a lot. He falls down a lot. He plays an active game. He, he moves like a guard, but he's not a guard, man. He's seven feet and 265 or whatever he is. And, and, and he's moving around out there and jumping and doing a bunch of stuff. So it's just like, I get it. I get it. Well, Darius, Darius, remember, so you just said, like a week and a half ago, you just said you were annoyed, and understandably so, with his, his, sort of his shot attempts and like the, they they just weren't getting him the ball in, in certain places, and part of it was on him, but you you kept saying that, and now look what's happened on this road trip. It's it's just been, it's been like spamming to him in a, in a positive way. It's been exactly what I've been wanting to happen. Mike, like the stuff that Pete was saying about, well, they're giving them ball, they're properly spacing. It's like, yes, they are deciding so? <laughs> that an entry pass to Anthony, da- yeah, that an entry pass to Anthony Davis is one of the best parts of your offense, right? You can do all the screen and roll stuff. You can do all of the actions off ball to get a shoot or a shot. And the Lakers' first play of the game was we're going to run a bunch of action and we're going to get D'Angelo Russell a corner three, mm-hmm. right? And that's great. Part of my issue was that that felt like they were doing that for 60, 70% of their offense. Right. Pete, like, it's like, like that was you the got goal. this dude on your team. Yeah. 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 No, th- this other guy, this other guy's your best player. He's your best player. And he is showing you that he's not just your best player. You stick him on, I don't know, 26, 27, 28 other teams, and he's their best player too. Building out stuff 
your whole offense or just your the identity of of your team. And this is where I've loved what Darvin has been saying because he is just continuing to feed this idea of no man like Anthony Davis, you're not only our dude, but like this is the this is what we need from you. It's like he's coaching him after the game too, Pete. Like he's giving him his praise, but he's also it's like the carrot and the stick. Like after every game, where it's just like, hey man, this like you're the dude, you're Wilt. We're I'm saying all of these positive things about you, but he's still saying things like when he doesn't settle and when he when he's doing this and when he's doing that, and that's the stick. That's the like, keep getting after it. Like, I'm going to keep on you in order to play this way because this dude can take you somewhere. And everyone around the organization and the team and the locker room, Mike, they all seem to see it the exact same way. And Pete, double digit free throw attempts in each of the last three games. Uh, He's hitting about 80% of his free throws, which I'll take. He could probably be at 85, but that's fine. And his field goal percent, again, Here's his last three games, 15 for 20, 15 for 26, 13 for 20. And these are not all dunks and layups either. These are all kind of, a lot of them are paint, but they're not, they're not, it's floaters, it's fadeaways, it's, it's like uh, half hooks. It's all different type of diet of shots and he's hitting all of them. Who's doing that while being the clear leader of a dominant defense? Just Giannis, basically. Right. And even then, Lopez is the guy that's the DPOY candidate, right? Like, and Giannis is the. I agree. I agree. So, you know, you were talking about awards and whatnot. Like, we're going to have whole pods about this. I've cared, like, increasing, or I've cared a decreasing amount about them because they're so narrative heavy and about, like, that, what you were saying earlier about MVP should go to guys that can help you win when it matters most and you got to factor in playoff performance. Steve Nash has as many MVPs as as Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal do combined. And at some point in like 1997, they decided to give the MVP award to Carl Malone because they got bored of giving it to Michael Jordan every year. And it's been all crap ever since then. Sorry, I'm getting old and bitter in my old days. But the last 25 years, there's been so much like, ah, let's take a break, come back, get back to the Lakers. This is going to get me irritated. So <laughs> we'll be back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right. I think the, uh, you know, analysis heavy version of what's going on with the Lakers right now is probably more in the next pod. I just kind of want to just keep, take a check with you guys or just kind of how you're feeling. This has been a wild roller coaster of a year in ways that we really needed to hold on to the trade deadline. And I'm so proud of the work that we did even before then. It's easy to love this team, you know, the one that's 6-0 and with LeBron AD and D'Lo all starting and, you know, bleeding at LeBron James in the locker room as he tries to give post-game interviews and all of that. And But sometimes in life, D, you're not in a good spot. You're not in a place where you're ready to win a championship, but you just got to win today. And I, I'm really proud of that work that we did before then. But now we're starting to see some of the payoff and with the way things have broken in the standings. And I know you look at this team and we're going into this last stretch. Our magic number is one to clinch a play-in spot, either a Dallas yes. loss or a Lakers win. And we're guaranteed to at least be in one of the games. Obviously, we want to get into the top six, but there was a, what, 80% of this season we spent below that line in the standings, below number 10. And so the idea that our magic number is now one to guarantee that we're at least in the game, like that's remarkable. So it totally is. I was watching a clip the other day and the Kobe clip of the, like the job's not finished clip came up on my feed, right? And that's not one that comes up on my feed a lot. A lot of the clips I get of Kobe are are like the post-retirement ones where he's talking about just sort of like life philosophy yep, and, me too. And, and a lot of things where he's explaining what his process was like well after the fact that I think informs a lot of why he's so revered by current players and why general fandom for him is beyond his his tragic passing while the general fandom of him remains so strong. Right. Because that was strong regardless. But I got the job that finished clip the other day and that was classic Kobe. Right. And that's how I'm feeling about this Lakers team right now. It's just like I'm I'm as dialed in on a game to game basis about like this game is the game that they have to win. I went on a little, I don't know, maybe that, classic. That for, yeah, I got us, uh, got yeah. us fired up going into the weekend, man. Yeah. Hey, look. I've I've been on one of those every once once in a while. I'm I'm I may be good for three or four of those a season here on here on the LFR pod. But that's sort of where my mind was. Go going into the weekend. Like it's a big game, and all of these games are big games. Pete, today's game was was a big game. Tuesdays and Wednesdays games, those are big games too. And my focus is on that idea of this group looking inward way more than looking outward. And when I look at this team, I'm starting to see that team that Mike just talked about, one that's gaining confidence and understanding that the next game that they play will be another 48 minutes of them learning more about each other and, and figuring out what works and what 
doesn't work and trying to eliminate the latter in order to get more and more of the former. And it's like when Darwin's saying, Mike, that they've got a good team and they've got a bunch of good players and not everyone can play. Vanderbilt played 15 minutes tonight. Troy Brown has seen his minutes go down the last few games as well. Rui's minutes have been up and that could flip-flop again right over this last week. But it's that sort of like give and take from all of these these players and everyone being on the same page and rowing in the same same direction that yeah. that has me feeling positive while still just like okay but i'm not looking ahead i'm looking right in front of like what comes next i think the the most exciting thing is that you guys spend a lot of time and i this i think this goes a long way to sort of explaining what's going on with the team but sent, looking at certain lineup data and looking at combinations, right, and trying to figure out who fits with whom. And that was a very hard job last season, early this season. There just were not – the groups did not make a lot of sense. Now there's a bunch of groups that make sense. Mm -hmm. There's a – you know, it's like I I could give you two or three different starting lineups. The one they're starting now is the best one. I could give you a couple of different bench groups that would fit nicely. Like they've got real options, and when – even tonight – Starting point guard who's been playing great, has a ridiculous net rating, doesn't come out for the second half. Dennis Shooter's going to start. Oh, yeah, comfortable with that. He's going to pressure the hell out of the ball. Yep. You know, he'll do a little grifting, go to the free throw line. He'll make a couple shots. He's <laughs> tough some as good hell. Defense. Yep. You know, and then play some good defense. And then guess what you can do? Guess what else you can do? You can just shift LeBron more on the ball, right? You, you can give Austin Reeves the ball a little bit more. Like, there's there's good options there. Um, Vanderbilt, let's say he's not having a particularly, a particularly good game. He doesn't have a... a a specific perimeter matchup defensively and teams are, are kind of helping off him. How about a little bit more Rui Hachimura who's really um, improved. Let's it's like he's him. kind of figured out the defense. Yeah. Well, let's keep that, keep that thought. Cause I, I want to get back to the, to the a larger point real quick. Sorry, so sorry, sorry. Yeah. the Dallas loss, right? So frustrating loss Lakers up four in the final minute, 80 falls, Maxi Cleaver, hits three free throws, splits a pair of free throws and then the game winning three, right? Uh, that at that point of the season, that was the we do the podcast and it's like well the Lakers basically to in order to make up for this in the standings and just mentally need to win the next four games well they end up winning the next three then they lose that Chicago game which I think part a lot of that was just 12 30 uh it was the first game that LeBron was better was it first or second game it was the first LeBron one he came off first the game. bench we also it or, was yeah. like first sometimes one. things Comes need to go yeah no no please please but so and then and then what's happened since then Three straight wins, all by double digits, and uh, on the road. And so, in these last seven, so basically, since that Dallas loss, even though LeBron has only played in th- is it is he in four games now, the Lakers are six and one with a net rating of eight point five. Um, that's second only to Boston and New Orleans. Defensive or offensive rating of one twenty, and defensive rating of one eleven point five. You know they are. It's a, it's, it's a good team. Like that's a good team. Most of the opponents that they, that they played have been um, battling and kind of up for it. A couple shorthanded, certainly like Phoenix. Um, and, but like, it's, it's a, I think this is a, it's a really good sample um, to take where you can take how the Lakers are starting to mesh and how they're kind of gel and that gelling. And they, they have this, unlike the 1920 team, like they, well, actually a little bit like that. They have this chip on the shoulder, which a team that is this talented um, doesn't always have and kind of a, a feeling like they, they're going to be able to start to 
to go downhill some like so it's just a, it's I don't want to be too I, I don't think we've been like this this year I don't think I've been too positive like when the team has been struggling but I, I do think this is a moment to recognize the you know what the positivity that they have going on it's been a great journey. I think this is a this season really plays on my and we're going to probably have conversations about this more in the off season on the whole like sports is a metaphor for life. I think that like the ability to kind of grind through and there were several points at this season where our morale could have been broken in ways where, you know, just if we have two, three more losses right now, do we even go on this run? Do we even have this level of belief, right? Like there were several points that could have been breaking points and just they had stepped up to make it through just enough to get it to this point. And then external factors and have broken the right way in terms of the Western Conference. A team like Dallas imploding is, you know, not something they were a Western Conference finalist last year, but you just never know. And that's one of the things that just for me, just in life, Darius is, you know, it's the chop wood, carry water. You just keep doing the little work, the little details, the boring stuff, and it adds up over the course of time. And eventually the circumstances that you don't have control over pop up and provide an opportunity that you're either ready for or you're not. And just a lot of people did a lot of hard work to get to this point. And it's pretty cool. Totally. I would also say, say too, that it's just like there was a lot of work that was done before this team got changed. And, and the resiliency that this team has shown, Mike, um, the Wolves game, they've shown resiliency in a bunch of individual games. The Minnesota game was one of those, those games too. They were down 10 at halftime and they didn't look like a team that like, I'm not saying that they didn't look like a team that that could win that game, but they were clearly not playing to the level that they knew that they could play to. And in the second half, they they blew the doors off of Minnesota, right? Like there was basically a 23 point turnaround at one point and they went on a 24 to two run and basically just seized the game. And that idea of having multiple groups that you can go to like Darwin speaking again to the idea this is like well D'Lo could could have pushed through but we feel confident Mm -hmm. with Dennis Schroeder well that feeling confident with Dennis Schroeder that goes back to way early in the season and those are those are the foundations that you build over the course of of a year not over the course of a two or a three week period where now since the trade deadline, suddenly Dennis is no, he was doing this work all year. And the level to which a player like him has, has bought in and adjusted to a shifting role to where he was a reserve and then was a key starter and then was demoted to go to the bench basically for brand new players who weren't on the team before Mm -hmm. at all. And now they've changed the starting lineup again Mm -hmm. and went to his backcourt partner that was on the bench instead of him. And he is still playing as hard Mm -hmm. as anyone. He is the guy who's played the most minutes for the Lakers this season and just lays it on the line every single game through turned ankles and getting knocked on the ground and diving and battling with big dudes. He had a great defensive possession against Carl Anthony Towns where he stood him up at the elbow a little bit and was just like, no, like I'm crowding you and forcing you to pass the ball out. That's the idea of what this team is building towards and the fruits of that labor, right? Like 
Those seeds were planted well before the trade deadline or what changes were made a month ago, right? And, and, and so when you talk about where the team is going, acknowledging the fact that they had to travail this rocky path in order to get to the place that, that they are now, they're better off for that. Whereas some of the teams that are where yes. they are now, they haven't necessarily dealt with that sort of... Um, I don't know. That sort of path yep. that the Lakers have we've been through have the fire. To travel to get to the yeah, they have been. And you can uh, if you make it out the other side, you know, you could be pretty tough. And just like Mike said earlier, a team with this much talent rarely has this degree of chip on their shoulder. Can I just do? Can I do like one little thing of standings watch and then have yeah. uh, have you guys weigh in quickly? Please. All right. So. I've been spending a lot of time, as I, I know many Laker fans have have done, and just <laughs> NBA fans of looking at everything in the Western Conference, and it's wild. Okay, it's total chaos. If the Lakers take care of business against Utah, they'll have the same exact record as the Clippers and the Warriors. The Lakers have the tiebreaker against the Warriors. They do not against the Clippers, uh, which is certainly significant. The Clippers and the Warriors might not want to be in the five, which is where the Suns are locked into at this point. Phoenix plays the Lakers and the Clippers and may want to rest their guys. I would think they probably want to have their full unit with KD play one game and then maybe not the other. Which team would they rather play in round one? That could be an issue. How much do the Clippers want to beat the Lakers when they play if they have the same record, which would basically lock the Clippers into the five seat because they also likely have the tiebreaker against Golden State. Golden State has OKC at home. Then they go at SAC at Portland and you figure they lose at least one of those three, which means the Lakers could lose one of their remaining games um, and and have the tiebreaker against the Warriors for the edge at the six. So that there are a lot of things that could happen. All all kinds of different of the, some of these teams could decide they, they're playing on a given night. Some could decide not. Some could sit somebody and then win anyway, which happened to Denver against Golden State tonight because Golden State maybe took their foot off the gas. I just, I think that it, this, the number six, and Pete's been beating this drum for a while, um, the number six is very, very much in play. It's just sort of a matter of how do the Warriors and the Clippers prioritize without doing it too far and then dropping to the plan. And then would one of those teams, would the Clippers rather be in the seven uh, a chance to win one home game to get Memphis who, for example, the Clippers have had some success against spreading them out and so on, as opposed to playing Phoenix in round one. I, I would. That's not my type of. I don't like tempting the basketball gods in a certain way, and I hope the Lakers play out the string. Um, I, I just I want to throw some of that at the wall, and if you, if you guys have one thought out of it, I'd, I'd love to hear it, and we could spend a whole another pod deep diving on all this. Win all your games, go get the fucking five seed, and let's go to the fucking playoffs. You've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast, and I'm a Lakers fan, Mikey! Oh, man. Ainge <laughs> has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good! They win! Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good! Bryant. 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals.
Bracken. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Let's go. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.